This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, let's uh, turn in your Bibles, please, to Daniel chapter 4, verse 19. Daniel 4. Verse 19, it's a passage here that we're going to be considering, a very important passage in the history of Daniel in this book here, where Daniel, as we will see, has some very disturbing news for what's coming around the corner for the king. Let's pray. Father, we look to you now and pray that as we uh, open this book of Daniel, Lord, that you would help us to enter into this time, this period in Daniel's life, Lord, in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, the life of Babylon, in which you worked. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Daniel chapter 4, verse 19 here starts off by saying, Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished or astonished for one hour. And his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, O the king, the dream be to them that hate thee in the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, the fruit thereof much, and it was the meat for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king, thou art grown and become strong. Thy greatness is grown, reaches unto heaven, thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down, destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let its portion be with the beasts of the field, till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. This is the decree, the Most High, which has come upon my lord, the king. 
and shall drive thee from men. Thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee eat grass. Jump down to 27. Whereof, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. Break off thy sins by righteousness, thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. If it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace in the, the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was yet in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. They shall drive thee from men. Thy dwelling shall be at the beast of the field. They shall make thee eat grass as oxen. Until thou know that the Most High ruleth. Jump down to 34. At the end of the days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes toward heaven. Mine understanding returned to me. I blessed the Most High, and I praised the honor, honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. Jump down to 36. At the same time, my reason returned unto me. The glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. My counselors, my Lord, sought unto me. I was established in my kingdom, and the excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the God, the King of heaven, all whose works are truth in his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Now, as I mentioned here, that what's happened is that the king has a dream. It's another dream he has. King has God spoke to this king through, through dreams. So he has this dream. He sees this tree. It's a great tree. This tree dream is all about a tree. The tree grows up great, and then there comes a call from heaven. Cut the tree down. And there's a reference here to to the tree being made to be like a beast and to be wet with the dew of heaven. And so he calls in all of his entourage, of his, his, uh, the people that he relies on, the magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, so forth, and they all come in and anyway. And then Daniel comes in, he's the only one who understands the dream, and so he interprets the dream to him. But before that, he sees the interpretation of the dream And Daniel sits there absolutely astonished and silent for an hour. All the while, the king is saying, come on, come on, give me the interpretation of the dream. And as Daniel is sitting there, kind of the picture of President Bush when he was in that second grade classroom down in Florida, when they came and whispered in his ear and said that the World Trade Center had just been attacked, and he's the only one in that room, apart from the person who told, among the teacher and the students, and his wife, nobody knew but him, and we all saw the picture of him on the television as he sort of sat there and was trying to process it all, very disturbed, obviously, by what had happened. That's Daniel. That's a picture of Daniel. It's what's happened here. Because he has seen, in verse 25, that the king is going to become like a beast, He's going to be driven from men. He's going to be, have to eat grass. It's a terrible thing that's going to happen. But Daniel has seen this. It's so disturbing to him. And so now Daniel really comes out of himself. 
And he shows himself for what he really is to King Nebuchadnezzar, not just a slave, not just a someone he's conquered. Yeah, that's true. And that's all happened. But Daniel has grown to love this king. Daniel has grown to love Nebuchadnezzar. And so now, friend to friend, person who loves to a person loved, he steps in, he speaks to the king, and he can't stand it any longer. And he says, yes, he tells him this is going to happen, but, O king, he says in verse 27, look what he says, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. Break off thy sins by righteousness, thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. It may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. So here we see Daniel. He's pleading with the king. Please, king, don't push back on what I'm going to tell you. Please, king, don't put your hand in my chest as I'm trying to get close to you and and give you some advice. Daniel can't stand what he's seen. He's seen the terrible judgment, and he says to him, break it off, king, in verse 27, break off thy sins by righteousness, thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. He's very careful in his words. He said, break it off. King, you have had an affair with a strange woman named Pride, and now's the time for you to cut that relationship with Pride. Get rid of your sins of pride. Get rid of your arrogancy. And unfortunately, the king didn't do that because you can see in verse 30 where the king stands up there one day in verse 30 and says, the king spake and said, is not this the strain, is not this the great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom of my power for the honor of my majesty? And so this is the spirit that's inside the king And Daniel sees it so clearly. That's the spirit that God's going to abase. That's the spirit that God's going to judge. Break it off. And then he says in verse 27, show mercy to the poor. He's referring to something in Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, verse 17. Actually, Isaiah 14, verse 17. Isaiah 14 is a very interesting chapter because it's really, it's talking about the king of Babylon this king, Nebuchadnezzar, on one hand, but then all of a sudden it makes a transition and it's talking about Satan, the devil. But anyway, in that chapter, in Isaiah 14, verse 17, he's referring to the king Nebuchadnezzar and he says, you made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. Opened not the house of his prisoners. Open not the house of the prison. Who were the, the prisoners in the king's house? It was very simple. They were Jewish people. They were the Jewish people. They were the king's prisoners. Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Israel. Nebuchadnezzar had taken the Jewish people out. They were his prisoners. And Daniel is asking him, Daniel is saying, you are right down the middle of the road for judgment, king. And the only hope you have is to break off your relationship with your pride and not do what Pharaoh did. When Moses came to him and Pharaoh and said, let my people go, and Pharaoh said, why should I do that? And it cost him his life, it cost him his kingdom, it cost him the country. And so he's saying to King Nebuchadnezzar, please take my advice and do this, do something 
Do something because it, you could change. You could change. You could change yourself. You could change the course that God has got you on right now. And Daniel does this, and Daniel's got his heart in this because Daniel knows that God is not a Calvinist. Daniel knows that God does not take the position, well, it's predestined for King Nebuchadnezzar to be sinful, to resist God. So try and get Nebuchadnezzar to repent is like trying to resist God's predetermined will for Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel knew that God had not predestined anyone to be cast into hell. God has not predetermined anyone to be excluded from heaven. Daniel knew that God is a type of God who does not want, his will is, talk about the predestined will of God, the predestined will of God is that no one should perish. And, and 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.9 says, the, the Lord is not willing, that's the will of God, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the negative will of God, that no one should be cast into hell. The positive will of God is 1 Timothy 2.4. 1 Timothy 2.4, which says, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And Daniel knew that the way for Nebuchadnezzar to possibly avoid this predicted punishment was through repentance. And so Daniel didn't say to Nebuchadnezzar that, well, it's for sure, if you do this, you're going to be saved from the punishment. It may have been too late for Nebuchadnezzar and that he would have to go through this punishment. And that's why Daniel said in verse 27, it may be the length, a lengthening of thy tranquility. He knew that God is kind. He knew that God was compassionate. He knew that God was forgiving. And if a person repents of his sins and cries out to God with all of his heart, I want forgiveness, I want cleansing, that God for sure would forgive. God for sure would cleanse. But there are consequences to sin. And that does not mean that it is for sure that God will save a person from the consequences of sin. I remember a man who came to this church. I remember a man who came to this church and came to every prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And I remember that man who came out of homosexuality. And he had repented. And he was coming regularly here to the chapel and in prayer meetings. And he was supported by us at the chapel. And he lived a clean life. And God had forgiven him. And God did save him. And God did cleanse him from his sins. And he had a new life in the Lord Jesus, and we prayed, as I said, regularly for him. But we also prayed that God would heal him from HIV, that he contracted during the days of his homosexuality, and he died from AIDS. God will always forgive, God will always cleanse from sins, but he will not always remove the consequences of sin. And this is why Daniel was saying to the king, for sure, king, you need to repent of your sins. You need to cry out to God for forgiveness, for cleansing. Release the Jewish prisoners. But as for God deciding to make the king an animal or not, well, verse 27, it may be a lengthening of the tranquility. Well, the king did not release the Jewish prisoners. The king did not repent of his pride. And as far as the punishment goes, verse 28 says, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. It was terrible was a terrible judgment. It didn't come right away, though, because as you look at verse 29, it says, at the end of 12 months, 
the judgment came. He was walking in his palace. So from the time that Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar his judgment was coming, the Bible says that there was one year from the time that Daniel said in verse 27, break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy unto the poor, it says that after 12 months, it doesn't say after a year, but it states after 12 months, 12 months, 12 complete months, for the king to change his mind. Every day of the first day of the first month of the year, every day of the second month of the year, every day of the third month of the year, every day of all the months of a year, God waited. And Daniel waited. Is the king going to repent? Is he going to? But at the end of 12 months, God says, well, what can we do? Nebuchadnezzar has had 12 months to respond to my warning through Daniel. There's nothing left but to bring the judgment on. I don't want to do it. God has called judgment in the Bible his strange work. He calls the acts of his judgment his strange acts. It's not what he wants to do. That's a picture of man today. Maybe listening, man listens to Billy Graham. Maybe it's through a friend. Maybe it's something he reads. Maybe he hears what however he does, but he hears the warning of God like the Ezekiel 18.4 warning that says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die, Ezekiel 18.4. He, maybe he's heard, maybe he's read, maybe he's been taught in Sunday school class, Matthew 22.13, Matthew 22.13, that those who refuse to repent are cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And just as God gave Nebuchadnezzar 12 long months of every day, to heed the warning, to repent, to cry out to God. God gives man a whole lifetime to listen to the warning that he gives. He's not willing that any should perish. God is not willing that any should perish. God wants everyone to repent, everyone to cry out to him for forgiveness and cleansing, and he'll do it. But there's a testing time. There's a waiting time, and it's limited. Just like with Dathan and Abiram, Dathan and Abiram rebelled against Moses, rebelled against God. They wanted Moses to be replaced. And Moses warned them in number 16, number 16, verse 12. Number 16, verse 12, Moses calls them out. Say, come out from your tents, come here. It says in number 16, 12, Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. So that was in verse 12. And not until verse 31. Not until all those verses later, from 12 to 31, and if you want to know how many verses there are, you have to ask Scott because he's the mathematician. But not until verse 31, it says, And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their houses, and all the men that appertained to Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. Awful. It was terrible what happened in Encinitas, Lucadia, when the bluff gave way and killed those people. That was terrible. This is worse. 
But for all those verses from 12 to 31, while Moses was reading out the judgment that was coming, the warning, and what was happening there, that was an opportunity for them to fall down, cry out to God, cry out to Moses for mercy. But instead of doing that, they just folded their hands and said, well, we'll just see what will happen. Very dangerous. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. Instead of listening to God's warning, he plows straight in in verse 30, and he talks about this great Babylon that I have built by the might of my power and the honor of my majesty. And and as he does that, Daniel covers his face. Oh, no. He's failed. He's calling God's bluff. Very dangerous. And he makes these, he says, you know, I built Babylon. It wasn't true. His predecessors built Babylon. He just made it better. It was like Caesar who boasted about when he came into Rome. He said, I found Rome made out of brick and I made it out of marble. You know, Jeremiah 9.23, Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. So he's got this big idol of gold. Nebuchadnezzar had built a big idol of gold. And he's taken all this honor and glory for himself, just like Herod. Herod, who wanted to be more than a man, who very much welcomed the people when they cried out in Acts 20, 12, 21, 12, 21. And upon a certain day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, made an oration unto them, and the people gave a shout, saying, It's the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Immediately, when Herod accepted this praise for being not a man but God, immediately he was struck down. Immediately, in verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from thee. Immediately. Now, But it's interesting that in verse 31, the voice comes and says, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. To thee it is spoken. That shows the difference for when a person just reads the Bible and reads that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and says, oh yes, everyone sins. Everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes. Everyone sins. I sin, nobody is perfect, I'm not perfect, in this general way, refusing to realize that that statement is directed to each person individually, as Nebuchadnezzar was told, to thee it is spoken, but when a person reads a verse like that and says, that's me, I have sinned, I, it, uh, I have sinned, I have gone short, fallen short of the glory of God, That's when the Bible begins to have value. When the Bible is not just read as a general book, but when it's read as words that are spoken directly to us, to thee it is spoken. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.